Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Corey Deanna Lewis, founder of The Healthy Project and host of The Healthy Project Podcast. My mission is to bring awareness to health and wellness concerns that are impacting our communities. On this podcast, you'll learn strategies to improve your health from health professionals from around the world that are trying to make an impact in people's lives. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Projects podcast. I am your host, Corey Dion Lewis. I got a special guest in the building today. He's been a busy man the past year or so. So I'm really excited to talk to him, the CEO and founder of CertainTel uh, Telehealth, uh, Ben Lefevre. Ben, thank you for being on, man. I appreciate it. Corey, it's an honor to be on, man. And uh, you, you and I have known each other for a little bit, and I'm glad we're able to able to get this set up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's been it's been tough. It's been tough getting you to get some coffee, but I understand you've been busy. <laughs> you know, for, uh, those, <laughs> for those that yeah. don't know you, Ben, or know your business, kind of give us a little background of uh, how you started and how you got to where you're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we had a simple mission uh, when CertainTel was founded was to support what we call safety net providers. And you know all about that and your background and, and, and work experience, you know, providers that are there to serve you know, the most vulnerable among us, you know, underserved uh, could be either rural or urban, um, you know, uh, folks with social determinants challenges, uh, socioeconomic and health issues um, because of their economic status. So, you know, our initial mission was, hey, you know, we know telehealth is going to be a thing when this started years ago, but, you know, let's get in the hands uh, technology and tools to help these providers better provide access you know, to their patients. And so that was just kind of the simple uh, process. We, we focused a lot on behavioral health as well, which we know is being integrated into primary care going hand in hand. Kind of fast forward, you know, we knew it was a little bit of a challenge for uh, providers to implement technology for a multitude of reasons, They uh, particularly primary care clinics. They got so much on their plate, uh, so many things going on. And so we said, hey, let's take the technology, but also provide support, clinical support, to these safety net providers, they're trying to do the best they can to impact their high-risk uh, patients. So uh, we kind of took telehealth, and then we went to what we call telehealth 2.0, uh, which is also for high-risk patients, not only be able to engage them remotely uh, through a virtual visit, but but take it to the next step in patient that's uh, uncontrolled, you know, hypertension, that's a di- diabetic, that's struggling with their A1Cs, to, pu- to place connected devices into the home to engage them around healthy living and, and, and quite frankly, keeping them out of the hospital. So we take that technology and do and tie that with what we call culturally competent clinical staff, health coaches, all of that to really have impact on patients. And that's the core of what we do today. But we do that in partnership with organizations that are really spread thin to 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 drive programs like that. Right. And I mean that's that's great. And and you see it, and, you know, I was gonna ask you about I mean, you you know that these are, you know, chronic conditions and things like that are people need those services and that they can't always get to the hospital, yeah. you know, for that. They can't afford it or they're at they're at work and having the ability to be able to, you know, have that service and not have to worry about having to get to the hospital. Um, what have the kind of what have you heard from patients or what come of the benefits that, that you've noticed from people um, being able to experience a telehealth 
you know, call with the health coach or with their doctor. And that, I guess, that stress relief of not having to worry about going to the actual clinic. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as you know, telehealth has been around for, for, for a long time. You know, some of the challenges around really providing the service, particularly to the underserved, where they're typically on Medicare, Medicaid, or no insurance at all, you know, was, you know, how is this sustainable from a provider perspective, right, to implement technology? Because if it's not billable, payable, um, it's tough uh, to for them to think about the long-term goal of, qual- you know, value-based care and quality-based when we're in a fee-for-service, you know, business model. But COVID obviously changed all of that. Oh, changed everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so going back to your original question about patients, because of COVID, the public health, you know, that was a necessity. The only way to, in many cases, to engage patients was the only way to engage patients. So the feedback we've gotten as we've implemented and partnered, uh, we knew early on, but because the number of patients engaged that way, consumers love it. They really do. They, they, they like the convenience of it. It's it's a way for or for folks that, like you said, have tra- challenges with transportation, taking time off of work, all those things for a simple follow-up visit, the value of being able to engage and connect, you know, with their provider, their patients at a medical home in a virtual care environment has been very well received. And then you're able to take it to the next level, particularly around the public health emergency, who was at the highest risk around, you know, having bad outcomes around COVID-19, where folks that had comorbidities, you know, older, you know, all of that. And and there's a lot of fear of leaving the house. And so having the ease of mind to be able to get services where they are, even get, you know, connected device to know that someone's going to be monitoring them um, has been really well received from a, from a patient satisfaction perspective. And you've been, and you started CertainTel You've been doing this for for a minute, am I am I correct? Like it's been a long time building this up to where you're at now. Absolutely, and and like I said, we we started with initially just wanting to be a technology provider to um, provider groups, mental health professionals, and we pretty quickly saw some of the, just the challenges in that model. Is that we still do some of that today, but our business model switched to say, hey, listen, not only is it tough for these organizations to implement new technologies, uh, but but they also need help you know, around, you know, what we call in healthcare, you know, this term that your, your viewer, your listeners may not, but, you know, FTEs, right, to, to mm-hmm. you know, just be able to, to have the workforce capacity to spend enough time with chronic patients that need additional time and services. So we wanted to take the technology piece, and that's where we've, we, we've kind of grown our business model to be the full beginning and support from the FTEs, the staff, the clinical staff, and the technology in partnership with these organizations to to drive improved outcomes uh, for that. So so you're right, we've been doing it for a while, but we we certainly evolved our business model as we looked at what are some of the challenges, particularly in primary care, that they have um, around um, controlling you know cost, population health around their their high risk, high cost patients. And so you know a lot of the I mean you you know federally qualified health centers well, you know rural health uh, rural health clinics, just community based clinics. Um, do a lot of great work, but our mission to drive is to say, hey, let us come alongside you to help you do what your mission and what your goal is, is to keep patients well, um, particularly the the most vulnerable uh, among us. And so that's our, our mission. And so we're not there to take patients or do all that, but take our business model, what we know we do well, to come alongside providers to, to help them improve health outcomes. Right. The, the way I see it, and definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but from the last time I remember, the average, the average 
provider visit, it was like 10 minutes. I think the yeah. average visit was 10 minutes. Now yeah. you have this patient who already in, in vulnerable, they have a chronic disease, they yeah. they live in, you know, an area where they can't, you can just go, hey, go walk for 30 minutes a day. Well, I'm not going to go walk when I, I might get, you know, I don't feel safe. You know, they, yep. say they don't have access to proper nutrition and you only have 10 minutes with them. And what it sounds like with the telehealth service you're giving them that extra 30 for, you know, 30, 20, 30 minutes with exactly. somebody to be able to really push that behavior change home. Think of other ways and other options to get these, the benefits they probably wouldn't have gotten from their provider. So you're actually giving them these patients a 40, 60 minute visit. Absolutely. And, and, and there's unique programs. You, you probably know them well under Medicare called care management services. Yeah. Uh, chronic care management services very similar for you know I put remote patient monitoring uh, within that uh, that type of type of program. But you're right, we're you know we're expected to, you know to drive these programs you know a minimal amount of time every calendar month. So a patient's going to your point every month is going to get a minimum of 20 minutes of of engagement. You know right. uh, every month that's a requirement for us to you know be able to drive the program. Uh, under the Medicare uh, fee for service, we're starting to see Medicaid follow suit in some states, you know, as well. But but you're exactly right, and that's one of the keys of of, of you know as 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 a, as an unbelievable health coach yourself, and uh, really listen a lot of all your resources and everything, your expertise you put out there. But you know, health coaches is, is more than you know it, you know clinical is not always the the core factor, right? A lot of the health coaches with a patient is identifying right their 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 barriers to controlling hypertension, right? And in understanding what are their challenges around that. And if they say, hey, well, I just don't have access to quality fresh foods. I, I don't have transportation to get access to a gym or 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 any of those things, you know, part of the you know our role and what we view as a health coach is to uh, identify those socially terms of health challenges and, and help them find those resources to improve their health outcomes. So you know, it, it's certainly, a, you know, part of a clinical focus and whenever you have data and all that, but the core of it is identifying the barriers or challenges that patients have to meeting their overall health goals. And if that's, you know, I need a transportation here, I need to find a good place, food bank to find quality food, healthy food, or to be a, just a cheerleader about, hey, keep up what you're doing. Um, you know, you're doing a great job. You know, that's what our, our role is in our partnership with these organizations around patient engagement. And right. do it all in, through a telehealth environment. Um, where do you see telehealth going post COVID nineteen? You know, do you see it still? I I feel like COVID nineteen was almost for the you know for telehealth and in telemedicine was almost kind of a, a gift in a way to get people to really understand the benefit. You know what I mean? But do you feel like this is just the beginning, or what? Where do you see it? Where do you see it going? You know, the dust has settled on COVID nineteen. Absolutely. So like, let's take two parts. But let's take from a, a first, a consumer patient side of things, right? Patients, uh, the, you know, the surveys are out. Patients want it. They, they, they like it for certain types of consults, but health coaching is really a great use case. Awesome. Um, you know, uh, follow-up visits, you know, uh, around chronic disease management is a great use case. Certainly, we know behavioral health is, has, has really been the leader, you know, in telehealth. So, as we know in the healthcare system, there is competition and, and not all patients, but some patients have a choice of where they want to go. And so when you see that consumers want to be engaged in this way, it's not going to get rolled back. What we're also seeing on the policy side, and this is the critical piece as we're 
you know, we're shifting to value-based care. We, we know all about that, but we're still in a core kind of a fee-for-service business model. And what every indication we're having is that CMS, which is the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, post-COVID is not planning on rolling back the policies around reimbursement and payment, you know, for telehealth services. They've continued to add more payment codes around remote patient monitoring to promote providers to deliver uh, services through connected devices in the home. Uh, they've, you know, so they've continued to expand that model. We're starting to see, you know, uh, you know, commercial Medicare Advantage as well as Medicaid start to start to follow suit. So when things open up from a payment reimbursement, that's also incentive, and we don't see that being rolled back, you know, post the the pandemic. Right. So it's, it's just it's just kind of staying really consistent. People, I I dig I dig that a lot, man. Even even and this is just on the side. Yeah. I can see how just just from my own behavior, like if going to the movie theater just ain't it for me, man, if I can do it at home, <laughs> like, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. I could see my provider, you know, just like this, like, yep. I don't got to do nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but there, there are some key things that I'm curious, you know, on maybe these are some, you know, connections in the future, but, you know, there are some things that you can't do, to, you know, telephonically, like, you yep. know, yep. how do you plan on, fixing those issues and are there some workarounds that you're already currently doing? Yeah, you know, be, you'd be amazed, particularly what's uh, highlighted during this public health emergency pandemic around, you know, doing full what they call evaluation and management, you know, uh, console where kind of the full, you know, workup. Yes, there are certain things you can't do without hands-on touch approach, but a lot of stuff, uh, particularly in primary care, specifically where our focus is at, mm-hmm. a lot of it is 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 focused on, you know, patient history, um, you know, what's going on now, which a lot of it can be self-reported, you know, by the patient. And then you take it to the next step of getting vitals. We talked about where we're at with remote patient monitoring, but now, you know, there are amazing devices now where you can do everything, you know, uh, you know, uh, dermoscopes, look at the skin, and, and these are consumer-based products, look in the ears uh, to know what's going on and, and all of that. So we've just come a long way. The technology has actually been there for a while. It's just providers getting comfortable with it to provide quality care. And and so so there are certain cases, yes, where in-person visit is needed. But, you know, I, some folks in uh, data uh, has shown that most clinical, about 80% of clinical encounters can be done in a virtual care environment effectively as an in-person visit. It's kind of stuff, tough for some people to really imagine that, but through you know, clinical, how you engage patients, sharing patient history, what's going on now, and then using technology to get some vitals and things like that are all available today to, to get a comprehensive workup with patients. But certainly your experience, your, your leadership as a health coach, and particularly, it is a great fit, you know, around chronic disease management, you know, and because as you know, you mentioned that patients come in, it's a quick 10 minute visit, some are less than that. And and then the patient leaves and and but that's when life happens. <laughs> right. So right. what can you do to engage that patient um, to make you know better choices, uh, help around self-management and goals of their health? You know, and, and we know in the end, from a payer perspective, right, it's about cost containment. They can say all these other things, but it's about that. And, and, and that's where we know healthcare is going around value based care. So. So, it, you know, fee-for-service still is kind of gore, but when we talk about value-based care, is providers getting paid not for the services they provide, but actually the, the, the positive outcomes of the patient. So in that environment where we're shifting to 
uh, these types of tools are not going to be a nice to have. They're 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 a must have for any robot. Must have. Must have. Yeah. And do you, do you see telehealth being more of a a tool in you know population health being a big thing now? Not only focusing on the one person in primary care, but you know, for example, there may be you know twelve hundred primary care patients with an A one C of six and above, and you know, how are you going to focus on that? Do you see yeah. telehealth being a strategy in in population health as yeah. well? Absolutely, and that's kind of a core of what we're doing, you know, today, Corey. When I talk about remote patient monitoring, so you made that example. A lot of you know, patients we're working with and partnering with, you know, have A1Cs greater than nine, right? And so mm-hmm. through, so kind of the workflows are for population health and engagement, you know, what's the goal is to lower those A1Cs. And so, so through technology today, you have a, you know, connected device. And so that means a blood pressure meter um, that, you know, in fact, I have one here, right? That, you know, has, you know, has a, you know, for example, a cellular chip built in. So that's sent home with the patient. Um, you know, from a clinical decision making to say, hey, I want you to take your blood pressure readings, uh, you know, every day or every, 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 you know, three times a week. And so from a technology perspective, right, um, what, where we're at today is, you know, the patient will get a text message. Hey, take your blood, you know, hey, Mr. Smith, time to take your blood pressure reading. Have a nice day. And if the readings don't come in, you know, 24 hours after the expected day, then alert will go out to a health coach, right? Hey, Mr. Smith hasn't taken the blood pressure, and that's an opportunity then to telehealth encounter to, to to reach out to the patient, figure out what's going on. Same thing around clinical decision-making around, you know, uh, the data, right? So you can say, hey, uh, we, we want to alert. This is a critical range. If the patient's, you know, readings come in this range, then we want an alert to go out to the care team to reach out to figure out what's going on, you know, with the patients, for example, around systolic or diastolic or, uh, um, or if you have a connected glucometer around, you know, their, their, their reading. So, so that's the, the exciting engagement where health coaching is a critical piece for that because a lot of times when you get the patient on the phone or through a telehealth encounter tied to connected device, they'll share with you, yeah, I was at my niece's birthday party, I had too much cake or whatever. And, um, or, you know, some of the bigger ones we're seeing, uh, data connecting is that patients, uh, didn't get their refills or their medications or didn't take it correctly. And that's a powerful engagement when you take technology tied with culturally competent clinical staff, health coaches to, to to engage the patients around, you know, improvement and self-management and and just health coaching in general. Yeah, I would tell you as as a health coach, yeah. having that data to help with their behavior change has been vital for my, not just my success as a health coach, but to right. help them succeed. And it's just simple things. You know, like uh, there's this there's this uh, food tracking app that I use that mm-hmm. I can see everything that they're tracked. So when they come into my office, you know, their their weight may be up or their a one their blood sugars have been kind of off. Yeah. I say, well, I can see where you went wrong, and I can we can kind of go through that and just that little that just that little thing. So being able to track their blood pressures, you know, like you're able to do with the telehealth service, and and also. You know, sometimes I was doing, I would used to do telephonic health coaching. Telephonically, they could tell me whatever they want. Their blood sugar at that moment could be 400 and they'd be like, I'm good. Having this connection like this, yeah. I can kind of, are you, are you lying? Like it's a little <laughs> more truthful. You know, when you're able to see somebody, you're a little more truthful. And for the longest time, you know, Ben, that's why I really enjoyed in person. Cause like I can see you, you can't, I can see your body language, I, you know, but you know, because of COVID-19 and having to change that a little bit, 
and not having to be telephonic, be able to be, you know, virtual and still be able to see them and have that connection. It's also more convenient for them. There's, there's just too many, there's too much upside, you know, you know what I mean? And, you know, it makes the, the, the coaches more productive. There's, there's just too much upside to, to see for, for yeah. me. Yeah. And you made a great point. I mean, think about it with your experience of, you know, one of the benefits, yes, there's, there's certainly value of in-person, that connection, but one of the things about a virtual visit with the video component, telephonic does work too, but, you know, the added that additional component of the video, if you're doing that, you know, in their home environment, right, you can say, hey, you know, all right, let's go show me what's in your fridge, what's going on, you know, <laughs> that type of engagement, right. you know, that, you know, they can tell you, but, you, you know, once you build that relationship and trust, you know, that's the type of power that a health coach can have, you know, through telehealth to say, all right, let me, let me see what's in your fridge, what you got there, what's, you know, what's going on. But also, too, you know, I think it's an opportunity a little bit because what's so important we know in, in overall patient quality improvement in life is it's not just the medical clinical, but we know particularly as we're passionate focused on underserved communities, it's understanding their social factors, their environment, right. where they're at, and, you know, be able to engage around that. Because if, you know, if you have a, you know, a patient that's, you know, uncontrolled hypertension, you know, uh, you know, overweight, you know, also has comorbidities of diabetes, they have serious food insecurities, or they don't have transportation, or maybe bouncing from house to house, or essentially homeless, that chronic disease is the least of their, what they're focused on. They're just trying to survive. And so, to me, that's the, the, the true value of of, of a you know of a health coach is to not be always clinical and prescriptive, but identify what are their barriers and challenges of reaching their goals, and a lot of those are social barriers, and be able to find community-based resources and things to help support that patient, so then they can then be in a stable or more stable place to actually focus on their 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 conditions. Yeah, it's almost you know especially working with the population that we serve is almost required to ask those questions first because you just never know. You can't you can't assume you, you know what I mean that someone's okay or someone can do X yeah. Y or Z. Um, you've you know Ben you talked a lot about you know value based healthcare and this has came up a lot in some of my conversations with other health coaches specifically in clinical settings. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of talk about uh, your thoughts on you know value based healthcare because we've always we keep hearing oh it's coming it's coming or it's, it's here. Um, but we're just not seeing, you know, where where do you see that transition to, you know, fully value-based healthcare, and what can, you know, health coaches or you know other providers, what they can, what can they be doing now yeah. to really be, you know, priming for that? Yeah, I, I think you have to come with an attitude that value-based healthcare is coming. It's not, it, it is there. And so, you know, the shift, you know, away from full fee-for-service. You know, we're seeing at the Medicare space with ACOs, we're starting to see, you know, Medicaid managed care do the same thing. And, and, and maybe it's not a full, not to get too in the weeds of healthcare talk, but, you know, absolutely uh, the trend is payers are going to get, re, uh, get a w- rewarded by outcomes, um, not just by what, uh, you know, services or tests they, they, they provide. So we know it's coming. And so when you think of, you know, what we, you know, what we kind of call the, with the terms out there called the triple aim or the quadruple aim, right? It's, it's all about being successful in that space. It is all about population health. We talked about that, you know, yeah. tying around chronic conditions, you know, patient engagement. And then what the payers are, are, are really uh, focused on who control the money is 
cost, you know, controlling costs, like lowering cost of care, but you still have to provide that quality care. And then the fourth one is, you know, that provider satisfaction and provider burnout, which is we know is, is, is real. And so, so, you know, kind of that leg of the payer side of things, you know, providers aren't totally bought into value-based care and the value of health coaches and using technology to engage patients in between in an office visit, they're going to get left behind. That's just the, the bottom line because payers are going to start to identify who they consider the, the, the ones that are really focused on quality and, and start to funnel patients to those providers, <laughs> you know, that right. are actually only cost but providing quality um, engagement. So that's what we really do from a focus and foundation is how can we take technology, take, you know, really highly trained health coaches, clinical staff that are culturally competent, kind of put those two together to really um, focus on that quadruple aim or triple aim that's around value-based care. So the short answer to your question is that it's not going to go away. It's it's continuing to come and and payers are really going to focus and incentivize the providers that that, that are are focused uh, in, in delivering a new way that's just not tied to fee for service. Right. So in, in a way, if these providers or these clinics or hospitals have not changed that mindset to this is coming, it, it's going to it's going to hurt them a lot. Absolutely. But I think, though, you know, your 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 experience and your your roles, you see it in other health systems. I mean, why? why I mean, to me, that's why health coaches exist. They, you know, folks that do it because health coaches, their mindset, how they're trained is is a little bit is different than just kind of prescriptive clinical is really having an impact on patients and and changing behaviors. And so folks that like where you're at have made that investment are doing that because they know how critical it is for for success. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's that mindset of return on investment over value on investment. You know what I mean? And having to make that switch. So, you know, kind of telling me how has the last year been for certain tell? Like, you know, how like I'm sure it's been a, a whirlwind. Probably you haven't heard from me, brother. It's been crazy, <laughs> it's been crazy man. It, 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 but you you made a really good point that as unfortunate as the pandemic has been, and it's really been tough on many lives and patients and families, particularly in the underserved where we focus on. So we get it. But one thing it has opened up the eyes is 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 the need for the importance of telehealth and. And, and what we call telehealth 2.0, remote patient monitoring and things like that. So, so, you know, so we're excited that, um, you know, we've been beating this kind of message for a long time that it's really, it's really resonating now where we're showing our value again in partnership with these organizations that have a really great focus on underserved, but just need a little help in, in making that impact. And so we're here to come along them and do that. So in that, that message over the last year has really resonated with you know, our partners. Yeah. Yeah, man. I've been seeing you doing big things out here, man. It's, it's, it's good. It's good to see. I appreciate it. See. Yeah. I got to pick, I got to, I, I got to pick your brain because you've been doing it for a while, man. You know <laughs> what I mean by that is that. I've know, been out here in these health coach streets for a minute. You know, man, I, you're top of the line. So believe me, because <laughs> we're all about quality. So I'm going to, I'm going to get you uh, offline, man, and pick your brain on some things. And, uh, Love what you're doing, man, and uh, really appreciate what you're doing around getting this message out around healthy living and, and podcasts, particularly, you know, it's both minorities. It's important, particularly in our community. I know we're both passionate about that and, and uh, honored to be on this podcast with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ben, you know, thank you so much. If, if anybody listening wanted to reach out to you, uh, yeah. connect with you, learn more about you or, you know, certain tell, you know, where can they where can they find you at? 
Yeah, they can go to www.certintel.com, certaintel.com. We've got a lot of great resources, education on the website. Certainly reach out to us directly um, if you want to schedule some time or want more info. Awesome, awesome. Well, Ben, again, thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, Everyone, thank you for listening. I'll highlight you next time.